Hello, and welcome to the Millennial Economics Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping young people be successful with money. Join us as we discuss personal finance, financial literacy, investing, the psychology behind being financially fit, and much more. Here's your host, Jerry Dixon. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to episode 55 of the Millennial Economics Podcast. I hope you all are doing well. My normal ask, if you enjoy this podcast, if you've learned anything from the podcast or the website, um, however you got here, if you've ever learned anything, um, I'd really appreciate it if you liked subscribed um, now. You can say like and subscribe on YouTube and on podcast now, I believe. Um, if you subscribe to the podcast, um, that greatly helps the algorithms for this podcast to show up when people are searching for things like personal finance. Um, also, if you would like to rate the podcast, um, give a rating, whether it's just the star rating or writing a review, um, that greatly helps the podcast as well. Um, so we'll kind of get that out of the way here this morning. I wanted to do an answering Reddit episode. So I'm going to pull up my article here. Um, the title of the post is Budgeting $1,400 a Month After Rent Slash Student Loan Expenses, and in parentheses, No Car. And the writer writes, Hi all, I've just managed to get my student loan payment down after refinancing, and I'm about to move into a new apartment. So wanted to gauge how to best budget with $1,400 left after paying off rent and my monthly loan payments. I'm 24, single female, I don't have a car, and plan to just commute, which will likely cost around $100 a month. Groceries tend not to run too much for me, around $250 a month. My job covers my phone bill, so the only other I'll have, <laughs> little typos that I have to uh, read through here, um, that I'll have to pay our utilities, which would leave me with around $1,000 after paying all of this. I'm about to truly move out for the first time, so I'm wondering how should I best save and spend this money? I'll be living in moderately high cost-of-living area, so I'm nervous to go out too much with my roommates. But I'm a single person with zero other bills outside of this, so I'm trying to figure out how to best navigate this to set me up for success in the future. So it looks like, let's see here. It looks like they will have about $1,000 after paying everything. I just wanted to skim over to make sure I didn't miss anything. Yeah, it looks like um, it looks like they'll have um, about $1,000 a month after everything. Excuse me. Sorry, I just want to make sure I had all the facts straight. Um, and I'm reading some of the comments here as well. Um, they There were some questions being asked, and it looks like the um, individual that wrote this also has about $7,400 in savings um, and doesn't have money other necessities. Um, you know, some money on clothes, some money on uh, beauty products, what have you. So I think this is great, um, and I think this person is in a great headspace. You know, if they have this margin, um, if they have this amount of savings already, and if they're asking these types of questions, um, my my tendency, I guess, would be to say that this person is going to be all right because they are thinking about this thing and they're not just letting things happen, right? Um, so she's basically asking, what do I do with the margin that I have every month? What do I do? So again, I feel like I'm kind of repeating every time we, we run into something like this, but the first thing is, is to actually write down what your budget is going to be. 
I use uh, an Excel file and I have all of my expenses listed out and I have my monthly after tax um, take home pay in, uh, at the top. All right. And what I also do is I take everything that's deducted out of my paycheck um, out of that. So, you know, the month, the number that I have at the top is the actual amount that hits my bank account. Okay, because I want to work with the money that's coming um, into the house, so to say, not the not and not include anything that I'm contributing um, before that money hits the house. So we'll say benefits like health insurance or 401k um, or an HSA contribution. Like I'm not including any of that at that number at the top, right? So I have the number that I have every month, and then I have all of my expenses. Some of those expenses are necessities like rent or a mortgage if you have it, um, anything to do with a car, uh, utilities, groceries, um, but also not just necessities, also things that I like to spend money on, whether it's you know spending money to go out on the weekends or I'm going to purchase this thing for somebody's birthday or I'm going to purchase this thing for myself or we have an activity that we're paying for for the kids. Um, these are things that I break down. Okay, and then after all of that, and after I decide with my wife what we're going to spend the money on, um, we have a number at the bottom, and that's our margin. I talk about margin a lot. The margin is the money we have left over after everything we want to buy and everything we need to spend money on. Okay, so I would encourage this person to do exactly that. It sounds like they have a general idea of it. They may have this written down, but I would have an exact amount every month um, that is coming out right? Um, and then we can talk about the margin. Okay. So create a budget basically is what I'm trying to say in a long winded way, create that budget, make it rock solid and make it something that you are fine tuning every single month. So what to do with the, the margin? Um, so what I would say is number one, you need to figure out, um, what three to six month of, months of expenses are going to be. And you need to save that in a high yield savings account for your emergency fund. So it looks like this person already has $7,400. Um, I'm thinking that's far more than being a single female. Um, it's far more than what your three to six months is. Maybe it's pretty close to that six-month six month range. So what I would do is I would hold that. I wouldn't do anything with it. I would never touch it, and I'd put it in a high-yield savings account. Okay, Just keep it there. It'll get a little bit of interest. It's not much. It's not really going to outpace inflation, but this is your emergency fund. This is my car just died and I need transportation. Um, this is you know a big medical bill came and I have to pay for something out of pocket or this is, this is the emergency fund and we want to make sure that it's not subject to market volatility if we invest it. There are lots of different opinions on where emergency funds should be held. Some people don't keep a savings account at all because every year, essentially, you're losing money due to inflation. But what I'm doing now, personally, what I like is keeping that in a high-yield savings account because I know I can count on it and I know it's not subject to market volatility, for good or for bad, right? Um, it's not gaining um, any money in the market, but it's also not losing any money in the market, okay? So high-yield savings account. Then um, what I would do is I would write out some goals, what does this individual want to do or where do they want to be in 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years? Are they the person that wants to retire early? Are they the person that wants to buy a house in five years? Are they the person that wants to travel all the time? What do they want, right? Because those motivations are going to drive the behavior that we put in place with the rest of the money, right? So what do we want? Establish your goals and then um, we would get an investment strategy together, 
right? So I am not a financial planner or a, fin- yeah, a, a financial planner or a professional investor. Um, so I don't give any particular advice, but what I do for my investments is invest the lion's share of my money, my margin into ETF and index funds um, that are wide ranging. Um, oftentimes that reflect the S&P 500. Very easy. They're very, um, uh, I guess you could say diversified, um, somewhat stable, right? The market's been pretty volatile these days, but um, as opposed to buying individual stocks, right? These are, they're very well diversified. Um, and let me go back. Yes, I would be, in, I invest in these wide range ETFs and index funds, um, but I would have this person um, invest into their 401k at least up to what their company matches if they, she has a company match, okay? Um, so 401k first, then individual brokerage investing, all right? Um, and then I would also make sure that she is doing a little bit each month to have fun with her money. It sounds like she probably will, but she said she's afraid um, to spend anything outside because this is the first time that she's ever out on her own. That fear is good, actually. She knows um, she's cautious and she doesn't want to get herself in a bad spot. So kudos to her for saying that and feeling that way. Um, but if you don't have to be afraid if you're creating that budget every month. That budget frees you up to actually spend and invest and do the things with the money that you want to because you know you're going to be good at the end of the day. You have your emergency fund in place. You got your budget in place so you know where your money's going. You're investing. You got your 401k going, the whole deal. Um, so th- that's what I would say to this individual. And I, I would imagine that there are a lot of people out there in a similar spot, right? Just because, you know, I see the analytics, I see kind of what age group is listening to the podcast. Um, it's a lot of, I would say, 18 to, you know, 35-year-old people. And in that age group, there's a lot of growing up that happens. So some of you out there might be kind of getting out on your own and standing up on your own two feet completely for the very first time. How exciting is that? But it also can be terrifying. So making sure that you take the steps of what we just talked about is going to be crucial. You're gonna mess up as well, so just expect it. And you're gonna change things, just expect it. Your goals are going to change, so that's also gonna change some of the behaviors you have. Um, So just make sure if you hold these principles true, whether you're making $50,000 or $200,000, if you hold these principles in place, you will be okay. You will be okay. So thank you so much for tuning in to episode 55, and we will talk soon.